Welcome to Why So, the podcast where some of your favorite sewing personalities and rising stars share what motivates them to create using needle and thread. I'm your host, Jason Prater, and with me today is Susie Williams from Susie Quilts. I'm really excited to get to speak to her about why she sews. So welcome to the Why So podcast, Susie. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Jason. Yeah, we're stoked to have you. As I told you before we started recording here, you're actually the first up to get interviewed. So congratulations on that. Well, thank you. I love being number one. <laughs> actually, when I my very brief stint in uh, sports as a child, I always made sure to try to get number one as my number, which That's I think awesome. was probably my downfall because when I was at number one, which was always, I, I got pretty upset. So I had to quit <laughs> that, of course. <laughs> well, before we get going and I started asking you some questions, uh, you know, maybe tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Um, you consider yourself a sewist, sewer, seamstress, quilter, crafter, embroiderer, you know, what's, what's kind of your thing? Yeah, I, I, you know, my thing is is probably just quilts, you know, Susie quilts. Right. I learned to, to sew through quilting when I was 15, which was, my goodness, almost 21 years ago. And I just, I, I mean, I just loved it so much. I kind of didn't feel like I needed to do anything else. You know, now that I've been doing it for... I don't know, half my life. I think I'm finally ready to explore other avenues of sewing. Ah, all right. <laughs> it's taken me a while, but I just love quilting. I love every aspect of it. I mean, I even love pre-washing my fabric. Isn't that weird? A lot of people skip that part. And I think, well, it's so nice to pull it out of the dryer and yeah. you know, smell it. <laughs> so uh, I'm fantastic. one of those. So primarily a quilter, but you're ready to open the doors to other types of sewing. Which things do you think you'd try next? Yeah, well, you know, on the Susie Quilts blog, we have lots of little tutorials, you know, nothing, nothing too difficult that your basic quilting experience couldn't guide you through. So, you know, I do little home decor things, table runners, napkins, bags, simple bags. You know, I say that and people maybe envision like a whole duffel bag with pockets. And I haven't ventured into that yet, but I, I will someday when I don't have two tiny children. <laughs> so they they keep me pretty busy. I bet. I bet. So tell me a little bit about how you got into sewing. I know I, I read something where you didn't start sewing until the age of 15, which you just said. But normally, you know, when I talk to people, they learn from their mother or they, their grandmother or some other family member. What, what was your first memory of sewing? Yeah, I love those stories of generational sewing. I think that's such a beautiful thing. But, you know, it's not my story. My mom is actually blind. So she can't do any kind of sewing or crafting, but it's always something, I mean, artistic expression was always something I really had inside myself and, and trying to find that, you know, how to channel that was always, you know, in my angsty teens, you know, obviously sports weren't my thing. I think I mentioned that earlier. <laughs> uh, um, but I, you know, I was just, I knew something was in me, but I didn't know how to get it out. And I made a friend when I was about 15 and her mom quilted. And so I would go over to my friend's house and she would want to, you know, play video games or do whatever. And I would, I would sneak into her mom's sewing room and I would, I, I would walk, you know, I'd tiptoe because I didn't want to get caught. And I was, <laughs> I know, isn't that funny? That's fantastic. And I would just, you know, kind of let my hand fall on the sewing machine and feel the fabric. And it was like 
coming home. It was this magical place where I thought, I just got to learn this. And I mean, like I said, this was what, 21 years ago. So we didn't have all of the really cool fabric we have now. I mean, fabric has gotten so fun and vibrant. I mean, when I was learning, it was Civil War reproduction fabrics and 1930s reproduction fabrics was really, I mean, Amy Butler was on the scene kind of, and there was some cave facet, which I immediately grabbed onto. But for the most part, it was reproduction prints, you know, and I still thought that was cool as a 15-year-old. I was all about it. That, so am, that amazes me. Yeah. yeah. 15 seems like such a, a strange age to get started sewing. I mean, no, no offense. <laughs> I mean, it just 15-year-old girls are interested in lots of stuff, but sewing is not at the top of that list, right? I'm, I'm an old soul. I always have been. I never felt like I was the right shape of a puzzle, you know, to fit into my classmates' lives. And I don't know, I just loved it. I learned how to make a nine patch. And I remember holding it up and just thinking, this is it. Like, this is your thing. You have found it. Tell me about that, though. How did it go from you kind of seeing your friend's mother's sewing room, right? And kind of stalking it, if you will, and feeling her fabric and checking out her sewing machine. How did it go from that to her actually helping you start sewing? What did your friend think about that? Oh, my friend just was mortified. She just thought, no, you can't, because she was one of four daughters and none of them wanted to know how to sew. And they thought their mom was a super loser. And well, part of the background was so they were normal. So they were normal. They were. They were normal. (laughs) (laughs) And their mom, I mean, she didn't try. She wasn't one of those moms that was trying to stay up on the trends. She wasn't trying to impress anybody. She was 100% her own person and she was confident in herself. And I think I just saw that. And I thought, I like, I want to be confident in my own person, even though I'm obviously not fitting in with anyone around me. I want to be like you. (laughs) I I basically just told her that. And I think it, it floored her because she also, you know, four daughters didn't understand it. She was so generous. She bought me my first sewing machine. Wow. And taught me. What kind of machine was that? It was a Janome. It was a little Janome. Fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, she definitely always used sulky thread in her machine. And she said, you always have to use this special sulky polyester for binding. And, you know, that was like, these are the rules of quilting. And 21 years later, I mean, those are still my rules. I still follow them. (laughs) That is so cool. So so did you just start like going over to her, your friend's house and, but hanging out with her, her mother to learn how to sew. Oh, I mean, what did that look like? There were I'm some so curious moments. about all I of this. Know. There were some awkward moments, Jason, because we didn't have cell phones. So I couldn't call her directly. So I would call the landline. And I actually, I would sometimes hope that my friend, her name was Kari. I would hope that Kari wouldn't answer the phone because I'd have to I'd have to ask to talk to her mom oh my gosh (laughs) and so I'd talk to Brenda Brenda's her name she's the one who taught me and I would say Brenda I I finished my homework can I come over and sew and she would say okay you know have your mom or have your dad drive you on over and um you know sometimes my mom would come over too and she would sit and talk to Brenda while I I just sewed Uh, and I think eventually Brenda was like you need your own sewing machine you can't keep coming over to my house (laughs) 
<laughs> so that's probably what motivated it. That is so awesome. So did you stay friends with, with Kari? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was so great. I actually, I, I ruined her 16th birthday party with my quilting because <laughs> Jason, I showed up to her party an hour early because I wanted to sew. I just and I, I got too quick and wild with the rotary cutter. Jason, do you know where this goes? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Tell tell me you ended up, you ended up with stitches and the whole nine yards for her 16th birthday. All of it. I mean, it was awful. It was mad rush to the ER. I mean, well, first off, you know, they were just trying to stop the bleeding. And so I was just in the room while kids were coming in for the party. And I, you know, I was like in a back bedroom, my hands, you know, above my head, like people are just ignoring her and running to me and hovering and they want to, and Jason, this is what's so gross. Part of my finger was on the table. Oh my goodness. And so this is the best story ever. You know this, right? This is, this is awesome. Well, the boys at this party thought it would be fun to pick up the finger and throw it at each other. So it's so gross. There's just, I mean, it's so, it's so 16. You know what I mean? Or like no one is being mature about this. Everyone is being gross. I think Kari eventually just ended up crying in the bathroom. Oh my goodness. So did you get back for the party? I mean, what happened? I, oh no, no, I missed the party completely. I, but I did get out of, you know, gym class for a while. So that's good. (laughs) So Brenda was sort of your teacher. Are you still in contact with her today, by the way? Oh yeah. Yes. I mean, she was, she wasn't sort of my teacher. She was like life goals. I mean, hashtag life goals before hashtags. She just quilted all day long. She was a stay at home mom and her daughters were old enough that she just got to sew all day long. And I was like that, that's my life. I need that. (laughs) <laughs> that, is, that is just, that's amazing. That's such a cool story. And so beyond Brenda, I mean, obviously you've done a lot of stuff and you've, you know, I mean, quilting is, is, is now your business, right? So yeah. uh, what other resources or other things did you use to sort of hone that craft? Was it, was it really just Brenda and being self-taught on top of that or, or, or did you do some other things? Well, I I would say Brenda gave me that traditional quilting foundation, which I needed, you know, needed to learn how to sew. And she really taught me how to do things well, which, you know, you don't always get from YouTube or the internet. But I I then, you know, went to college and realized, you know, I can't just sew all day and live my life. I have to get a job. (laughs) (laughs) And so I, I got a degree in graphic design. And I I did that professionally for about eight years before trying to launch Susie Quilts. And and I think it's kind of a two-prong thing of that traditional sewing, those skills, you know, that foundation, and then mixing that in with graphic design because I can see quilts as I see graphics. And that makes things really exciting and it makes things really expansive, right? So I can, I can design as much as I can, you know, put on a computer or whatever. I can, I can then take that foundation of sewing and make it into a, a quilt. That, that's, that's so neat. So at 15, you, you, you come across this woman who helps, helps you learn how to sew. You, you know, I, I assume you went to college right out of high school. So you had to be about 18 years old. You, mm-hmm. you go to college for graphic design. You do that professionally for a while. Were you sewing during that time? Did you sew while you're at college? I did. I actually went to college to get a fiber arts degree. And I randomly was put with a roommate who 
my gosh. I mean, I, I feel like divine intervention. I got this random roommate. She was the most pragmatic, level-headed person I'd ever met up to that point in my life. And she had a plan. She had a five-year plan. She was going to get this degree and then she was going to do Peace Corps. And I mean, she had, she filled out her own student loans paperwork. I was like, whoa, girl. I love it. Yeah. And so she asked me, well, Suze, you're getting a fiber arts degree. What job are you going to get? I mean, she was just like, couldn't (laughs) understand. Putting you on the spot, right? Yeah. And I thought, what? I have to get a job? Like, I didn't even know these were questions that needed answers. And so I, I ended up getting, I pledged, or I guess I didn't pledge. It wasn't my sorority. I declared a double major in graphic design and fiber arts. Uh And then because obviously I'm not, you know, that studious, I had to drop one of them. And so I ended up dropping the fiber arts degree. So you went went the pragmatic route there, right? (laughs) I I had a healthy dose of pragmatism, you know, dumped on me. It was an ice cold bath freshman year and it was good. It was really good for me. Oh, that's awesome. So, so, yeah. so then you're, you're in this career, you're doing graphic design and I assume sewing a little bit during that time. What led to the decision to make this your business? How did that happen? Yeah. Well, I worked at an ad agency doing graphic design and, you know, I just didn't love, <laughs> you're going to laugh at this because you're a boss. I didn't love bosses. I just didn't really like them. I was kind of like, well, I'd rather be my own boss and do my own thing and not listen to you. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a That's level. fantastic. Well, <laughs> uh, see, that's not so much different than bosses though, right? Because yeah. bosses are bosses because they don't want to be bossed around. <laughs> right, right. Which makes us you know, want to be bosses. I try really hard not to be bossy though, but you know, my, my husband probably doesn't think I'm trying that hard. So I started doing freelance graphic design. And that was really, really nice because, you know, I could set my own hours and pick my own clients, you know, for the most part. And then, then I was like, well, I'm, I'm getting this freelance graphic design thing off, you know, why don't I try some freelance quilting? And so, you know, I think a lot of people who are in this industry kind of dip their toe thinking maybe I can make and sell things. And when that doesn't quite work out, you know, then they pivot and think, okay, well, what can I sell still using this craft? And that's kind of how I transitioned into selling quilt patterns, which I'm really glad I did because it's a lot easier to sell quilt patterns than to sell my quilts. No one wanted to buy my quilts, Jason. (laughs) So what was the, what was the, you know, I mean, I know you're big into modern quilting and and that's, that movement has certainly changed the the entire industry, quite frankly, but so you're a graphic designer, so you had to be thinking to yourself, you know, I just don't like these quilt designs. Was that it? And so you, that's what led you to literally create the first pattern of your own? Or you know, did you have somebody else that you were seeing as sort of, you know, inspiration that was doing that themselves? And then so you said, I'm going to do this. Or how, how did you go from buying patterns and, and sewing those to saying, I'm going to create my own? Well, I didn't set out. I definitely did not set out to sell my patterns. I just set out to make some fun quilts. I was just messing around on my computer and then, you know, figured out the measurements, turned that into a quilt just for myself. And um, most people don't do that, right? I mean, most most quilters buy patterns and just sew them. (laughs) A lot of people do. But I think with the modern quilt movement, I think a lot more people are exploring their own creativity by designing their own quilts. You know, I think you'll always have people that because this is their hobby, it's more fun to just buy the pattern, buy the fabric, you know, kind of follow the instructions right, and you right. know what to get. 
you know, and that's, that is a good time. And I, I like following my own patterns, you know, instead of always creating something new, takes the stress out of it. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I'm a brewer, so I do, I homebrew my own beer and, uh, kind of the same thing in that industry. You watch people that progress in their hobby to the point where they get comfortable and they can start creating their own recipes as opposed to following other recipes. But uh, like you said, there's pros and cons of both for sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love, I, I love seeing that progression from hobbyist into, you know, sort of the higher tier hobbyist. And then of course, in your case, taking that and becoming a business, it's uh, it's inspirational for sure. Well, that's really nice of you to say. And so much of it was timing. You know, I think back, I was, I don't know, when was this? 2015. Right. And I didn't have kids. My husband was actually just starting his own business. So we both own our own businesses. So he was working all the time. And I was like, well, I'll work all the time. And there's <laughs> no way I could do it now. You know, I just don't have the capacity and I don't really have the desire to work all the time. But, right. you know, when you're when you're trying to create a business and launch something and and, you know, ramp something up, it, it is exciting to be able to have that time to just dump into it. So that that was great timing. Also, you have the introduction of social media, which right. at the time was still kind of new. It's it's weird thinking about, you know, pre social media, but that has exploded the modern quilt movement as well. Instagram, particularly. And then also Facebook groups, you know, the Suzy Quilts Patterns Facebook group has really morphed into this wonderful community of people showing off their projects to a platform that they wouldn't have otherwise. Because let's say they are on Instagram, but only have a couple hundred followers, you know, so maybe a few, you know, a couple hundred people get to see it. But in the groups in in the Suzy Quilts Patterns group, you know, there's over 15,000 members. So they get to post their, yeah, they get to post their project and they get so much wonderful affirmation because, it, you know, and you're, I'm happy to see it that, that more eyeballs get to see it, more inspiration getting passed around. And the same goes with just your basic quilting questions because a lot of people are, are learning this skill through YouTube, through the internet, through blogs, and they need humans to answer their basic questions. So that's awesome. Well, you've certainly taken advantage of social media. I mean, what do you have like 100,000 followers on Instagram, maybe 50, 60,000 on Pinterest? I mean, what do you attribute that to? How did you build such an audience? I think consistency, positivity, and trying to, this, this sounds weird, but trying to keep it focused on quilts. Right. You know, like it's the the Susie Quilts Facebook group. It's the Susie Quilts Instagram. We are here to mostly just talk about sewing and quilts. You know, I'm not going to like post last night's casserole or like I do post pictures of my kids now, which I think is probably (laughs) annoying to some people. (laughs) I try to keep it to a minimum, but I mean, I can't help myself sometimes, right? Yeah, well, I don't know. I think that people, and, and especially in this industry, I, I, I always talk about this with people, but in this industry in particular, I think people want to know you, right? They want to know who you are uh, as a person too, not just um, that you make cool quilt patterns. So I don't think that would annoy anybody. It's, I think it's just part of this, being being part of an industry that's full of good people, you know? Yeah, uh, you're, you are really right about that. It's the most amount of kind people collectively in this community. It's humbling to be a part of it. 
Yeah. I have a lot of friends. I mean, being a, I mean, this is my 28th year in the business. And a lot of my friends would ask me, so wait, you're in the, the sewing industry? Do like, people even do that anymore? I mean, it, it seems like such a, a girly thing. It's like, you know, but it's full of really good people. You know, I mean, I can't think of any time ever where I've seen sort of cutthroat type uh, behavior in this industry. Everybody that I know is, is a good friend of, of their competitors, you know, and and, yeah. and willingly share things uh, throughout. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, people wanting to know about your family is a very natural thing, Susie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You so, know, and I will just say as one little I don't know, asterisk to social media is I think there is an aspect of, of negativity that where, where it's really easy to compare, mm. you know, people compare and they say, Oh, you're such a good sewer. I'm never going to be that good. Or oh, look like you're, this is going to sound, you know, really nitpicky, but like, Oh, your seams really line up. My seams never line up. You know, and I think it's always so easy to see something on the internet, on social media and to just think, Oh, I'm going to write myself off because I'll never be that good or, or even, even, I mean, myself in this stage of life, I'm, I just don't have that much time to sew. And I see other people and they, they sew more. And I think, oh, if I only had enough time, if I only had more time. And like, I, I've been challenging myself to, to just cut it out. Right. You know, take social media for what it is. It's a place to get inspiration, to connect with really kind people. And the second that comparison just leaks into my brain let's click out of the app let's do something you know that's that's really good advice i mean we do that in a lot of aspects of life not just about our hobby right but just seeing uh, what people post and and what they say and it's always the positive fun stuff right so it's easy Mm -hmm. to fall into that trap of oh man their life they got everything together just no no one wants to share all their crud you know (laughs) they're just gonna share the good stuff so yeah that that's that's really good advice there that uh, not to fall into that trap so you mentioned yeah. that uh, you try to keep it all about quilting. So maybe this question is going to seem uh, redundant, but what, what, what do you actually love to sew? And I, obviously it's probably going to be a quilt, but is there a, a particular type of quilt or a particular type of technique or something that uh, when you're not necessarily creating a new pattern for sale that you would just sew for yourself? You know, this is what happens when you turn your hobby into a business is kind of miss out on some exploration. You can miss out on some risk-taking. And, you know, so a lot of times I'm, I'm sewing samples of patterns that are then going to be sold. And so sometimes it feels a little bit like work, but if I'm left to my own devices and I, I felt like, you know, I just got a day, I just got a day to have fun. I love making improv mini quilts. I okay. love them. And then I, I, you can either and frame them. And I actually, ironically, I did turn these into patterns, which you can buy, but you don't, I mean, this, I'm shooting myself in the foot, but you don't even need the pattern really. You just cut some fabric, sew it together, do some hand stitching, you know, have fun with it. And then in the end, I don't even finish it like a quilt. I, you know, like I said, I stick it in a frame and I, I put it on the wall and it actually makes great gifts. I mean, people are so intrigued because they can see the batting peeking out and they can see loose threads. And I love to incorporate a good selvage, you know, like a beautiful linen selvage. Yeah. So that's, that's, I mean, that involves exploration and 
like thinking on the spot, accepting my mistakes, you know, because nowadays when I'm making samples of patterns, I can't really accept my mistakes as well because I have to make it like the pattern, you know? Yeah. But so you mentioned that those improv quilts make good gifts. Yeah, that's one of the things I like to, to ask our guests about. You know, I'm sure you've given handmade sewn gifts to people on many occasions. Do, do any of those occasions or gifts in particular stand out as very memorable or hold special meaning for you? Oh, what a good question. I've given away so many quilts. Oh my gosh, Jason. I, my, the first quilt I made, I, when I was 15, where I, I cut off my finger, I gave to my boyfriend. Did it have a blood stain on it? <laughs> it did. That's awesome. It did. But thankfully I had used this dark red fabric. So I don't think it was that noticeable, but I'll never, I'll never forget that first quilt. And I remember Brenda, you know, the one who taught me how to quilt, she asked me multiple times, are you sure you want to give your first quilt to your boyfriend? I think she knew we weren't going to last. Right. I I thought we were, I thought, I definitely thought we were going to last. But of course we didn't, you know, six months later, we're broken up. What 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 now? What was but his reaction? What did he think about it? Oh, he loved it. He was a musician. He um it had these. It's funny how trends come and go because at the time, this is back in I don't know two thousand and one. At the time, gold metallic was really cool, okay. and then of course it got very uncool, and now it's cool again. So heyo, but it. it was all this gold metallic music notes on this fabric. And I gave it to him and, you know, he and I still keep in touch. We're, we're still acquaintances. And so I, I think a couple of years ago, he even reached out and said, in case you're wondering, I still have that quilt. That's <laughs> awesome. I, I love hearing yeah. that. Yeah. Too cool. So, you know, obviously with quilting as a business, um, you got to do things to be efficient, right? What, what are some of your favorite tools, notions, things of that nature, nifty gadgets that you use that make your sewing life easier? Oh, I love notions, right? I mean, you're in the business of notions. Notions make our lives so much better. I, a few years ago, I was sewing with a, a friend who mostly sews garments mm-hmm. and she introduced me to a tailor's clapper. And oh my gosh, it just exploded my brain. I cannot sew without one. And for anyone who doesn't know what a tailor's clapper is, it's just simply a piece of wood. It's like hardwood, so oak or maple. And you basically just get a hot steamy seam and you let the seam cool underneath your clapper. And this seam just is permanent. It won't move. It doesn't come unfolded, whatever. It's amazing. Um, Glad you explained that because I was going to ask you, what the heck is a tailor's clapper? Well, now I know. Oh, I love them. And anytime I I do a sew along, I always have that as part of the supplies you need. I mean, anyone who does a sew along with me, it's like, you've got to have your tailor's clapper. And I also love, I have a, a, you know, remember those slap bracelets? Your girls probably. Yes, yes. I I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. I have a slap bracelet magnetic pin holder and I love it. It's like my uniform. As soon as I walk into my sewing room, I slap it on. Even if I'm just sitting at my computer, I down and realize I just slapped it on. That's, that's too cool. Everybody's got their favorites. Get grabbing pins so easy. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you, you've made quilting yeah. into a business, you know. In what other ways, you know, do you feel like sewing has enriched your life? Obviously, you've been able to make a profession out of it. You're successful at it. People know who you are. 
but what other ways do you feel like sewing has has impacted your life? Well, I mean, like I mentioned in the beginning, you know, teenager, I knew I had something in me, something creatives were playing video games or even just sports. And that just wasn't the outlet I needed. And I, I feel like when I walk into my sewing room or even before I had a sewing room, when I turn on my sewing machine, it's like this calm comes over me. I take a breath, you know, as the sewing machine kind of fires up. Right. And I, I feel that release, that creative flow. And even if five minutes later, a kid is screaming or someone's calling me and I have to jet, just that, that moment of reset, it, I mean, it's never changed. When I was 15, I felt it. Throughout college, I felt it. You know, it, I was like cramming for finals and I could still just flip on my sewing machine and do a little something. And it's, it's been, it's kind of like in, in my later years, I've discovered meditation and I realized, you know what? I, I've been meditating since I was 15. It was just called sewing. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. A, so it's enriched cool my life immensely. That, that's fantastic. So there's a, a lot of people out there, a lot of strong women uh, in this industry, uh, very confident women that have achieved so much. Do you look at any particular sewists or makers that you admire and maybe even have a relationship with? Well, Amy Butler, who she doesn't design fabric anymore, but she, I mean, because when I thought it was Civil War reproduction, 1930s reproduction, when I discovered her fabric, I just thought, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like, I remember just buying everything she made. I made these bright explosions of quilts. I got to meet her um, at a quilt con a few years ago. And she was everything I hoped she would be. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I had one of those fangirl tongue tie moments <laughs> where I just kind of sputtered for a little bit. And I was with Stephanie Kendron, which, you know, she has yeah. the, the, another podcast. And she goes, Susie, just, just let me take your picture. <laughs> so she said, just put your arm around Amy. She won't, she won't bite. Just let me take your picture. You're going to want this because I, my, my brain kind of went blank, you know, and I was like, uh, 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 and I'm glad Stephanie stepped in. Cause I still have that picture and I love that picture. That's so cool. Um, and, yeah. and, and like we said earlier, you know, there's just so many women like that in the industry that I'm sure people have that same experience a lot. Oh yeah. I had, I had a similar one with Alex Anderson. I, I was just sputtering and I actually, I, I was supposed to interview her. Well, first I was on her show, The Quilt Show, and then I was right. supposed to interview her through Craftsy. We were at a quilt festival and she was, she was coaching me. She was like, okay, I can tell you're nervous. It's okay. Just shake it off. Take some breaths. I love that. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. She, she held my hand. She said, just wipe your sweaty hand on your pants. And then- <laughs> That's too cool. So you just mentioned Craftsy. I, I know that, I mean, obviously you have your, your own website, but what other things you into like that? I mean, you, know, you, you spend some time teaching on the road or, or only online or what is what? I, you know, I prefer, I actually don't really like traveling to teach. I've done a couple workshops and I quickly realized, I, I don't think that this is for me. And I, I'm all about like that gut reaction, you know, sometimes like, for example, you know, I, I flew to Denver and I, I taught in the craftsy studio and I, I was on the craft show with Alex Anderson and I, I was really nervous, but I thought this is, this is fun. This is exciting. I'm, I'm glad I'm here. But you know, the couple of times I taught in person at workshops, you know, I just never really felt my groove. So 
I've gotten some, some uh, interest in, you know, speaking at guilds or whatnot. And I think at this point, it's just not for me. And I'm all about just listening to my gut and, you know, it's it's for some people and it's just not for me, but I do like that online platform of, you know, filming videos and, and teaching and writing online. And I think that's cool. more I mean, my, my style right now. Especially for the yeah. last couple of years, uh, the fact that we've had these modern tools have certainly uh, helped our industry, right? Without the ability yeah. to travel oh, yeah. and, and go to shows and, and visit stores, you know, you can buy your favorite stuff online. You can learn from your favorite people online. How fortunate are we to be living in 2020, 2021? Exactly. And there, nothing really beats someone putting their hands in front of you, you know, especially if you're learning any kind of embroidery or hand sewing, it is really nice to have that person just right there in front of you. That's, you can't beat that, you know, especially with the fiber arts, but I, you can get really close and with some good filming and some good online instruction, you know, I learned how to hand quilt online and I just practiced a lot and I honed, you know, what I liked and what worked for me. And I, I you know, I, I consider myself a pretty good hand quilter and no one taught me in person. So it can be done. Love that. So I, I think I read maybe on your website where you are a, a Bernina expert ambassador, right? And yeah. how, how'd, that, how'd that come about? Oh my gosh, Jason, that was so random. <laughs> Um, well, Bernina is based by me. So I'm in Chicago and they're in, um, Aurora, which is just about 45 minutes away from me. Uh, It's a a Chicago suburb. And, you know, I was, like I said before, I was sewing on a Janome. So I kind of graduated when I was 15, I got a little Janome. And then, you know, in college, I got a slightly bigger Janome. You know, I kept getting bigger and bigger. And I was sewing on a, a pretty nice Janome when Bernina reached out to me. I don't know how many years it's been. I don't, I don't, I don't know time anymore, Jason, but (laughs) you have two little kids. I understand. (laughs) It had to have been four over four years ago because I wasn't pregnant and I didn't have children. So that's how I'm going to engage my time. And they reached out to me and said, Hey, do you think if you sewed, sewed on a Bernina for a little bit, you'd like it? And I said, probably, I mean, I've, I've never sewn on a Bernina. So I I went out to their creative center and I sewed on a 770QE and I was like, well, this is amazing. And they said, well, do you want to fly to Switzerland and film um, a promo video for this machine? (laughs) And I was like, Uh, what? Are you pulling my leg? Like it was one of those things where I was like, what's the catch? You're, you're punking me. Right. Right. But they weren't. And a couple months later. Yes. A couple months later, I was in Switzerland. I was in Steckborn at their headquarters and I was filming a promo. And it was my first time, Jason, it was my first time behind the camera. And I was awful. I was (laughs) awful at it. They were so patient with me. They just patted my back and I had someone do my hair and my makeup and I would get flustered and he would come in and he would brush my hair. And I would say, thank you. Thank you. You know, I was total diva and I just ate it up. And, you know, finally by like day four, I think they had filmed like a hundred hours of footage and they could like get, so they could get two minutes of me not looking terrible. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so it's actually the 570QE is you can get on the Bernina website and there's little Susie Williams of Susie Quilts. That's such a cool story. I love that. Yeah. And Switzerland is amazing. I haven't been back since, but it's beautiful. Right. 
So you've worked with a lot of large companies within the industry. I know you've you've done collaborations with some of the fabric companies and, and all sorts of people, but I think I read something where you did something for like Toyota. What what was that? Yeah, that was another really random thing. I sometimes random things just kind of happen. You know, they just fall in your lap. And um so Crate and Barrel, you've probably heard of the furniture company. They had, before before it was Crate and Kids, it was the Land of Nod. And I think okay. some people might remember the Land of Nod. And it was a furniture company for geared towards children. But it was such a cool company because I think 85% of their products were artist collaborations. Oh, so they wow. were constantly just, you know, curating this wonderful assortment of, of artists. And with them being local, I just threw different connections. I made a contact there and I ended up um, designing a couple of quilts for them. And so they hooked me up with a producer of this, um, it was a Toyota campaign and they were highlighting a fashion designer and they wanted it to look like the backdrop, this cityscape backdrop was sewn, was a quilt because Uh he was going to be standing in front of it. And then they were going to Photoshop this Toyota car. And then it, it would say, you know, like, what is the name? Ruben, Ruben something thinks in fabric. And they needed someone to make that quilt because he was a fashion designer. So in, I think six days, Jason, in six days, I have pictures of this on my website. In six days, I made this quilt and it was, it was awesome. I have to say it was, it was definitely something I could not have done with children around. My husband basically was like, I'm just going to leave you. I worked nonstop. I moved all the furniture. I was in a little teeny apartment in Chicago. I moved all the furniture to the sides of the walls, hugging the walls. So I just had this big space and it was a giant cityscape quilt that I appliqued. And I mean, it turned out really cool. Yeah. So I haven't done anything like that lately. Totally. Yes. Yes. I just had my husband spoon feed me and I just sewed and it was a whirlwind. It sounds like you, you really, uh, you really enjoy what you do and and that comes out in in everything I'm hearing from you. Uh, I love that. But, you know. Yeah. And I love taking risks. I do. I, I loved it more. Again, I, you know, I, I'm in a stage of life where I'm kind of in coast mode where I just want to enjoy my family. But I mean, inside me, what, you know, I love taking risks and I love seeing what I can do. You know, am I going to fail or am I going to succeed? I think I'm going to succeed. You know, it's, yeah. it's, that's how I think. You're, you're doing pretty good at it. Hey, you. hey, when you're not sewing, what, what other things do you like to do? I mean, I know you're raising two small children, but surely you have some other hobbies or activities. What, what, what else do you enjoy doing? What do I enjoy? I love, uh, I actually love to exercise, oh. which I feel like is is probably not going to resonate with a lot of people because I tell this to my mom and she's like, who loves to exercise? And I, I think it's just got to be those endorphins, right? But I have a Peloton bike. Okay. And so I do, you know, I ride that or I, I do different yoga classes. I, I work out from home. Okay. I used to work out at a gym, you know, back when I think people went to gyms. Yeah. I'm not sure but, I put the word uh, love um, in front of exercise, yeah, but so maybe I, have to I, exercise. I like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I get that. I do. Because when I was pregnant with my first every day, day for nine months and it was um but I definitely felt like why would you want to exercise like it, it didn't make any sense for nine months um 
Yeah, but I, I, I don't like cooking. So that's, I guess that's not the opposite of what you're asking me. No, no, not <laughs> so at all. So one, one of these, I like to, to cook. Every once in a while, I'll get really motivated and then it won't taste very good. Say, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> and uh, get out of here. I'm like, well, maybe your husband likes oh. to cook. <laughs> Hey, that's what, uh, that, that's what life ought to look like when you're successful and you, you've got a couple of small kids. Uh, let somebody else do the cooking. There's a lot of good, healthy choices out there. I like that mindset. One okay. of the things I like to end with uh, this particular question, I've kind of always said as an industry that we're really not selling thread or notions or, or fabric or patterns, but what we're really selling is kind of this feeling of accomplishment and satisfaction that comes from creating. Do you believe that? And, and if so, how, how has that feeling sort of manifested itself in your sewing journey? Oh, 100%. I think you nailed it. I, there are so many times where I'll make something and in all reality, it wasn't really that good. It doesn't even look that good. But the sense of accomplishment I feel afterward, or even just this sense of, I don't like, like a creative flow has just happened. You know, yeah. I think that that's definitely what, what we're doing. And uh, so many quilts, I, as soon as I'm done with them, I'll just give it away and I'll never think about them again. I don't remember half the quilts I've made. And I love that because it's not about what I made. It's about the making. That's awesome. So you you, you remember that feeling and you want to come back to that. Exactly. Exactly. And I want to see what's next. What can we make next? What's new? You know, and I love the challenge of, okay, I, I made this quilt and I, I really liked those colors together, but I didn't really like this aspect. You know, this thread didn't really work with those. So next time I'll try something different. And it's the, the, it's the journey, right, Jason? Yeah. <laughs> it's the journey. I love that. What better, what, what better way to, to end this podcast than with that? That's pretty, it's pretty good going out. It is about the yeah. journey. Yeah. Maybe you should fade in some inspirational music right there as I'm saying that. <laughs> well, well, thanks, Susie. It was, it was awesome catching up with you and learning more about you and why you like to sew. I appreciate you being on with me this morning. Yeah. Well, it's all, all the pleasure is all mine. I, I appreciate you, Jason. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks a bunch. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again at some place soon when you decide you can uh, start traveling again. Yeah. Yeah. One of these quilt cons or quilt market, one of these shows. I'll yeah. see you. All right. Well, <laughs> have a good rest of your day, Susie, and uh, take care. Thank you for listening to Why So With Sulky. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and join us again for more fun stories that are sure to inspire your creativity. You can find more info and links for today's episode at sewingonline.sulky.com. <laughs>